With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, guys. I just want to say welcome to the Tuesday Night's Triumph Over Targeting podcast. And I'm your moderator, Ella. And tonight we have our one of our favorite activists, Spencer Carter. Um, he will be he'll be talking here soon. But if you're new to the call, I just wanted to let you know that you can stay on, and we will get you some additional support, some additional talk show podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is a solutions and educational based podcast. But the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, or especially if you are in need of some additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at diangel2016 at gmail.com. So um, Spencer's going to be speaking for a while, and then when we get to the questions and answers of the interview, you can star eight. And when it's your turn, I will come to you, and you'll, you will hear a notification that you're being unmuted. So that's a prompt to let you know. And at that point, you'll, you will be able to ask your question, and then I will meet you after your question is completed. And if uh, at any point in the um, in the call you're unmuted and would you would like to mute yourself or have, have background noise or whatever the case may be, just star six to mute yourself, and then star six to unmute yourself. So a little bit about Spencer. Um, so Spencer will be talking about his recent trip to the National Radio Quiet Zone in West Virginia. The NRQZ is a large area of land in which electromagnetic emissions are greatly restricted, especially as you approach the radio telescopes of Green Bank, West Virginia, and the NSA Eavesdropping Operations Center of Sugar Grove, West Virginia. Spencer spent over a week hiking and camping in the Green Bank area, and the area is remote, but the good news is that he found places where his targeting diminished or disappeared. So he's here tonight to discuss the details, and we welcome him. And thanks, Spencer. It's nice to have you back on the call, and I'm glad you had such a nice experience. Yeah, thanks for having me out. I'm glad to uh, share the uh, details of the trip. It was um, a nice relief uh, for the most part, although, you know, the targeting's uh, back, but it kind of seemed like they had to recalibrate some of their systems um, now that I'm back in uh, the urban area of Texas again. Um, so I just, uh, but, you know, I want to tell people about this quiet zone because um, it's a pretty incredible place. Uh, you know, even from a, a non-PI perspective, um, the the um, the telescopes, uh, you know, which is one of the primary reasons uh, of the quiet zone, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, the Green Bank telescopes are um, pretty incredible. Uh, they offer a tour of the facility. And um, they um, have a, uh, a nice, you know, uh, walking map as well. And um, you uh, you really start to notice that the toolkits that the perpetrator ha- the perpetrators have, you know, they get limited. It seems like uh, the deeper you get into the quiet zone. Um, so I found that it diminished um, 
you know, uh, the most when I was hiking nearest to the telescopes. Um, has anyone uh, or have you uh, heard any other TIs talk about the quiet zone, uh, the National Radio Quiet Zone? No, I've never heard of. I've never even heard of it ever. You know, I'm here on the West Coast, and I hadn't heard of it. How did you come to find it, and how did you hear about it? I'm just curious. I wanted to backtrack a little bit and figure out. Yeah, how you got yeah. I um, I just um, I talked about it for a minute or two on Derek's recorded call. Well, not a minute or two. Actually, it stretched down. I wanted to get on and talk about it a minute or two, uh, but you know, it it stretched down for a while. Um, and this was on Saturday, and um, some of them had heard of it. I guess Derek, who's been in the community for a while, has heard of it, but he's been a TI activist for who knows how long, 10 years, I think. Uh, so, but, you know, most people hadn't. So, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, give some background. Um, you know, I found out about it when uh, a few links of TI friends on Facebook uh, were going around, and... Um, they were talking about this town in Sugar Grove that was uh, this self-sustained community in Sugar Grove, West Virginia, uh, that operated under the, the Navy and the NSA uh, as kind of an eavesdropping operation. And they were shutting it down and putting it up for sale back in 2015. And um, that's and it, you know, the the listing, you know, that a couple of TIs posted on their uh, Facebook feed said it was in the middle of this uh, place called the National Radio Quiet Zone, where electromagnetic uh, emissions are heavily restricted. And uh, so that immediately caught my eye. You know, there are some jokes about, hey, we should uh, pull our money and buy this town. Uh, I think it ended up selling for a few million dollars. So, so um, I don't know how far we would have gotten with that, but um, you know, that's. I kept the National Radio Quiet Zone in the back of my mind. And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to, um, you know, take a break, uh, you know, this, these past few weeks uh, and just, uh, you know, make the haul up to uh, West Virginia. Um, I, uh, I've been kind of uh, battered with electromagnetic uh, weapon torture these past couple uh, of months uh, due to my activism and, uh, the class action lawsuit that uh, I'm organizing. And, um, you know, it's good in the sense that, you know, when they torture you hard, it means you're doing something effective sometimes. And, uh, but on the downside, it's time is your progress. So uh, I just needed a break. And um, I usually will just go camping every now and then once or twice a year. Um, in uh, you know state parks or national parks near me or national forests, uh, I was in Boy Scouts for a while, and but I you know I didn't make it an Eagle Scout or anything. I switched to sports, but um, you know I uh, kind of re uh, reignited my interest in the uh, subject uh, due to the fact that I was just trying out different ways to escape the electromagnetic torture, um, and. Um, I found that I get relief in the wilderness. Um, you know, the perps have a toolkit ranging from, you know, just pain to V2K to um, artificial images, artificial dreams. You know, those can be the worst, you know, just because they, they use all this, like, Pavlovian conditioning just to try to break you down or um, to, you know, artificial 
emotions uh, and, and just operant conditioning, you know, where they're constantly trying to, you know, just carry out these conditioning techniques and you like it's an enslavement program, uh, just straight out of MK Ultra, but it's done remotely now. You know, this is kind of the evolution and illegal continuation of MK Ultra. You know, the experiments transformed into crimes a long time ago. Um, so, you know, they have a range of tools they can use on you, and I, it's pretty ubiquitous these days. Um, but, you know, I would get a little relief in the wilderness, but, you know, they would do this crazy thing. Military jets would start flying over 24-7 whenever I'm out in, like, a remote wilderness area hiking and camping. And um, it's it's just bizarre. That seems to be when the targeting comes back up. And then, um, you know, I'll get start, you know, I'll start finding these little cues on the, uh, the trail that have subjective meaning to me or some like trigger word they were drilling into me and I didn't know what it mean. You know, they'd say something like onion to me over and over again. And then I'd come across an onion on the trail. And, uh, you know, that's the last thing a backpacker would take in the wilderness. It's low nutritional value. Uh, it's fresh onion just sitting in the middle of the trail. Who put it there and why, and why would you bring that out in the woods or, you know, I, I was talking to a buddy about a tarp I had and wishing I'd brought it because uh, I just had a, a lightweight version of, uh, you know, a, a water protector. And, um, you know, I I come across a tarp like a couple hours later that looks exactly like mine that had no debris on it like someone left it there. It was abandoned. And we'd hike back by the same spot a few hours later and still be sitting there just abandoned right on the trail. But brand new and, like, fresh with no leaves on top of it or debris. Like someone just put it there. And this is the kind of stuff that starts happening once the jets fly over. And um, I found something similar um, in the quiet zone. Uh, you know, I went to this area in uh, the wilderness, um, uh, you know, probably about 20 miles from Green Bank. Um, yes, and, uh Did you fly yeah. there, drive, or what was, what, how did you get there? Uh, how, I, I drove up there. Uh, it's pretty remote. Um, most airports, I well, I've heard, I talked to some locals, and I heard that there's an airport uh, in Lewisburg, West Virginia, but it's a regional airport. Um, I think uh, Roanoke, Virginia has an international airport uh, with regular flights in Washington, D.C., and those are about two to three, those are closer to three hours away. Um so, um, you know, there's Lewisburg, West Virginia, um, or there's Washington, D.C., in Roanoke, Virginia, but you'd have to rent a car if you went there. Um, so um, Lewisburg might be an option uh, if they fly to your airport, uh, Lewisburg, West Virginia. It's uh, near the uh, Greenbrier Resort, which is kind of a well-known um, resort um, on the East Coast. Uh, it's pretty cool, this old building that's got like an underground Cold War bunker where all the elites uh, could go to an underground uh I don't, I don't know what all was in it back in the day, but, um, anyways, um, you know, the, the closest town to Green Bank that has, like, Green Bank was West Virginia, where the, uh, uh, National Radio, um, Astronomy Observatory is located and is in Green Bank, West Virginia, and its population is less than 200, um, and, um, you know, the closest town with lodging, I'd say, is Cass, West Virginia. I believe that's about 10 miles away. 
and the closest town with lodging and a couple of restaurants where you see kind of, uh, you know, somewhat of a community, maybe a, a few thousand, um, is Marlinton. So um, those are your closest contacts to civilization. Um, if you want to get to a big city, um, uh, I'd say uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, where the University of Virginia is located, is the closest option, about three hours away. Um, and, you know, there's some medium-sized towns like Lewisburg that are within about an hour, I believe, of the, um, the Green Bank telescopes. Um, so, uh, and, you know, this, the radio quiet zone is huge. It, it covers, you know, a lot of these, all these towns. And it covers the western half of Charlottesville, West Virginia. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's like 150 miles by 100 miles, so something like uh, 15,000 square miles. Uh, Wikipedia has a good, uh, quick overview. Uh, it's pretty factual. It's hard to be unfactual. It just, you know, states the stats on uh, the place. And um, it's... Um, you know, it's remote, but you can get there, and it's beautiful. In the summertime, it's beautiful. I hear in the fall, spring, it's beautiful. You know, it's just 70 and during the day and 60 at night. Um, so it's a good time of the year to go, um, you know. And, um, you know, I, was, uh, I mentioned the wilderness camping. So, you know, I found it diminished, and but then it, it picked up a little bit, the targeting, uh, once I started getting the 24-7 continuous jet flyovers. And, uh, you know, it, those are always weird. I, like, I, I don't understand why those happen wherever I uh, go camping. Uh, I asked a, a, a visitor guide in um, the quiet zone, and um, she said, um, you know, this like official tourism guide, she said uh, the jet flyovers are due to... Um, military drills they they come up to west virginia because uh it resembles uh afghanistan uh the mountains or something and you know i've got a lot of buddies deployed to afghanistan and um you know they call it the rock farm and you know there's not a tree in the country uh, and west virginia is covered with trees so that didn't make much sense to me you know and I, there's another military guy in this bed and breakfast i went to afterwards where it's kind of decompressing after being in the woods for a couple of days, uh, just to kind of get a warm shower. And, um, he, you know, he just kind of out of unprovoked, I mentioned the jets to him, but he went into how they, they're testing their ground probing radar. Uh, it was kind of weird. Uh, you know, we, we have our little gang stalker encounters and, you know, whether he was saying it intentionally or unintentionally, who knows, but, you know, so I've got a lot of confirmation that they, the military regularly runs uh, flyover drills in the area, and they seem to follow me wherever I am. I guess, you know, most of our country looks like Afghanistan because uh, these these jet drills, you know, just go on constantly. And um, I guess it's not too hard to believe, um, you know, we've got a pretty big military industrial complex and their budgets are in the hundreds of billions. So, um, you know, I and, you know, just a couple thousand are left in Afghanistan, so they got to do something when they're back here. So I don't think the bulk of the members of the military are corrupt or know what's going on, but, you know, there's definitely some bad apples at the top that are running this program, and they're very clever and sly. So, um, you know, like all organizations, you know, you get your bad apples, and 
well, we've got about 5 million people in this country of security clearances. Uh, if just 10% of those are corrupt, they're just 5% corrupt. You've got an army of 250,000 people that can organize and run this, um, you know, silent Holocaust against TIs. And, you know, uh, for every outspoken TI, I'd say there's probably 10 people knowingly or unknowingly being tortured with these weapons. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, a Soviet-style purge, in my opinion. But back to the quiet zone. Um, you know, I gained some relief in the wilderness. The jet flyovers increased and uh, some, you know, little gang stalking increased, even out in this wilderness area in the middle of nowhere, this national forest in the mountains um, where no m motor vehicles are allowed. You know, the park rangers aren't even allowed to bring motor vehicles in. If they want to do work on trails, they have to bring horses in. So, um, but unfortunately, you had jet traffic fly over. So I say to myself, you know what? Why don't I look at this map and find a place where the airspace is restricted? And before I went out into the wilderness, I took a tour of the Green Bay Telescope Facility. And it's incredible. It's in this basin that's probably a couple square miles that's nestled between two mountain ridges. Uh, just to kind of reduce the uh, radio interference even more. And, um, you know, they're radio telescopes, so they're studying our universe in the spectrum outside of the visible light spectrum. Uh, you know, our eyes can just see a small portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. So these radio telescopes are picking up, uh, you know, all sorts of frequencies. I believe uh, the wavelengths from um, 3 meters to 3 millimeters, which would correspond to 100 megahertz, to 100 gigahertz, um, and uh, that could be just for one of the telescopes. I believe there's eight telescopes in total, and a lot of these scopes are the size of a football field. Uh, they're kind of, um, you know, most well-known landmark is the, um, what they call the, uh, the Senator Bird Telescope, which is the largest movable radio telescope on Earth. It's the size of, just picture a satellite dish that's, the size of two football fields. It's an incredible sight, uh, but you know it's it's like a football stadium suspended on uh, a platform with a you know a reflector and a receiver, and uh, it's movable. It's incredible. Um, just imagine if the satellite dish and some of the homes in your neighborhood uh, were uh, the size of uh, two football fields. Um, so it was it was great taking the tour, and the tour guide mentioned to me that. Um, they have restricted flight paths over the telescope area because, you know, the navigation equipment and the radar equipment and airplanes can cause interference with the telescopes. So even military jets have to get advanced clearance and it's a hassle and, you know, it takes time and I guess it would raise red flags if they just started doing drills over the uh, radio telescope uh, in a radio telescope base, and it's already weird enough that they're running these drills over the wilderness in West Virginia that looks nothing like Afghanistan did with trees. Uh, and the military guy I talked to uh, said they came out of a base and they come out of a base in South Carolina. So, um, you know, there's, you know, I don't know, 400 miles of Appalachian Mountains from Tennessee up to Pennsylvania almost where they could. Uh, do their test flights. I don't know why they'd go to this remote area in West Virginia, especially a wilderness area. Um, you know, that's like, I don't know, there's got to be another, I'd say, 
uh, you know, thousands and thousands of square miles um, of uh, space that could fly over a lot closer to their bases. So that's unusual, but, you know, they, it is what it is. So I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to go hike up in the mountains next to the telescopes. And, you know, the telescopes uh, are in a big basin, and they, they've got mountains on each side. And um, I went up in the mountains west of the telescopes, and thankfully it's pretty much all national forest land up there. And national forest land is nice because you don't need any permits or uh, anything. You can hike in and you can camp in any place for uh, two weeks. And, um, you know, the hike wasn't that bad. Uh, it's about a two-mile hike, and the trails kind of wind up the hills. And you can go out of towns called Wanless or, um, let's see, what Hosterman, I believe, was the other town. And you can hike up on the western ridge of the Green Bank Telescopes, and you are on what's called the Allegheny Trail. And you can actually see the telescopes from up there. So, you know, as we approached this ridge, you know, I, I got kind of this dizzying relief at first. And then, you know, just for the first time in three years, all the targeting went away, all the magnetic pressure, all the... The pain, the torture, the V2K, um, the uh, Pavlovian conditioning, it just disappeared. And it was like an emotional moment. I was hiking with a, you know, a, a, a buddy and um, we, um, you know, I, I told him, he's not a TI, you know, I'd like to, you know, I was fortunate to have someone else willing to go. Um, so, um, you know, it was... It, he's a relative too. So I could trust him and, or, you know, so, uh, but you know, that's not necessary really. It's kind of a friendly community, a nice area, but it's always good to travel with people. Um, just, you know, I just like to be safe like that. Um, just as a TI, cause we get so many break-ins and whatnot. It seems they have to be more careful if you have witnesses around, even if the other person's a TI, but thankfully, you know, my relative wasn't, uh, so, I, you know, I told him, you know, this is incredible. And I almost started crying. It was just emotional. So, you know, the downside is that was towards the end of the trip. You know, I'd already, you know, been out in the wilderness areas. I'd already been in cabins, just kind of testing out the radio zone, learning about it. Uh, there's five different zones of, re of restrictiveness in the uh, National Radio Quiet Zone. Uh, like, say, if you got into western Charlottesville, Virginia, um, which is three hours away, you'd be in zone five. You know, it's the least restrictive, uh, but you still have to get permits if you're setting up high-powered transmitters. Um, and then it goes down to zone four and zone three, which might be in the, some of the surrounding towns that are within uh, several miles, um, maybe Cass, maybe Marlinton, West Virginia. And then zone two is like the visitor facilities where you leave your car and you check in and you pay your $6 for the tour and you sit down and get a presentation before the tour. Uh, and zone one is actually near the tele, uh, telescopes. So um, it's weird. I didn't really get out and, um, you know, walk the grounds because, uh, I mean, we got out briefly of the, the, um, the van to take a quick picture, but um, it started raining right when I was taking my tour. We were planning on walking the grounds. They let you hike the grounds, which is nice because each individual telescope is um, surrounded by a fence. 
so they don't care if you, you know, as long as you don't go in the fences where the telescope um, control or receiver rooms are, then you're fine. Um, the control rooms are back in zone two. Uh, they, they're, they can control the uh, telescopes via fiber optic. And actually, some of the telescopes are controlled uh, by, like, universities like uh, that are far, far away just through fiber optic uh, transmissions or relays. Um, so, um, you know, unfortunately it rained when I was on the zone one part of the, uh, grounds. So, but, you know, when I went on my hiking trip, you know, after, you know, staying in some cabins and then camping out in the wilderness a couple nights, um, you know, I went on a day trip up there, uh, cause it was kind of the end of it. And, you know, that's when I can truly say the targeting disappeared completely and it was great. And I came back just looking healthier feeling better um it, it was nice but and it seemed like they kind of had to start recalibrating all the the loaded terminology they're constantly drilling into you um they kind of recalibrate you know just by just popping up these signs and symbols that they associated with terrorizing events in the past uh trigger words trigger signs they use colors and numerology a lot it seems like uh, so people would come around me with these things on, and it seems like they were recalibrating their system a while, and it wasn't as effective. Um, but, you know, they can, you know, crank up the pain and the sleep deprivation pretty much any time on anyone without doing the remote neural monitoring. You know, if they can, if you, your location's being tracked, which is quite easy, you know, you, you read about, you know, some of the technology back in the 50s or 60s from a guy like Ben Rich and Lockheed Skunk Works, his autobiography, and, uh, you know, a quote from him is, you know, we could track a baseball from 5,000 miles away. So, you know, once you have someone's position, I think, you know, because this technology is so ubiquitous is in your, um, you know, automobiles, uh, Samsung TVs, uh, appliances, uh, possibly, and your utility grid. Um, and, you know, you look into lasers and you, you, you study the microelectronics revolution, you realize that, you know, these devices can be as small as salt grains. They can hide them anywhere. And, and you know, people are astounded that, you know, they wouldn't be detected. But who's really auditing them? And you look at the statistics of rate, the number of radio frequency engineers in this country, and uh, it, it's, you know, just a small percentage, well under 1%. And, you know, my response is, you know, try to get someone to audit your electronics to deconstruct them and, uh, you know, make a YouTube video about them or try to get them to call the city and say they want to go through all the components in a cell phone tower or call, you know, the car makers and say they want to go through all the car components. And, you know, you're looking for a salt grain size component. And if these people, you know, have the background to know how to detect this stuff, uh, they likely, you know, know what it's capable of and know what these people do. So, but it's different from us, you know. We aren't really blowing the whistle. We're we're fighting for our lives, and uh, we're fighting for the rest of uh, humanity, you know. Um, because you know, statistics show that the number of victims are increasing exponentially. Um, I think you know, there's data from FFCHS surveys about when your targeting started, and it really just started uh, just skyrocketing after 9/11 when our budgets went up and oversight went down. Um, so, you know, it's not the whole government, it's not an official operation, it's, you know, a, a black ops operation, it's a, it's criminal elements of the deep state, which is kind of the modern term for the military industrial complex with, uh, in our post-industrial society. Um, so, um, it's, 
you know, when you get away from all that stuff in the wilderness, it's nice, but, you know, they can, it's easier for them to, you know, they can still do flyovers. Um, so, uh, you know, I found that basically getting on this Allegheny Trail west of the uh, Green Bank telescopes, uh, you know, did the trick. And um, it's just a hiking trail, but it's a national forest, so you can um, camp there, uh, you know, for two weeks at a time, and then you have to move locations, I think. So you could probably just move 200 feet. You have to be 200 feet off the trail, but move uh, like 200 feet, and uh, you, you get a new spot. Um, so I plan to go back and do that, I think, um, because the targeting's just gotten so bad since I've been back. Um, and, um, I, um, you know, I, I kind of want to open up an office in the nearby city and, uh, just go up to, that's within like an hour or two's drive of, uh, the, um, the quiet zone or maybe in Marlinton, uh, that's a decent enough city and it's close to everything. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, if the targeting gets bad while I'm pursuing my activism, I, I have that you know, hiking trail to escape to or have the wilderness to escape to where it's diminished, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think they could keep up those 24 seven flyovers, uh, you know, for longer than a week or two. So, you know, that's always an option. And, uh, but, you know, the sure bet is hiking right next to the radio telescopes. You're just get away from electronics, get away from, you know, everything, um, and, uh, you know, any place where, some, you know, a small device could be embedded, uh, which, and, you know, we, you know, targeted, targeted individuals, you know, realize that, you know, you listen to Brian too, or a lot of people have traveled, you know, they can, they can be pretty resourceful. They can get you on planes. Uh, they can get you, you know, driving, you know, cross country on the interstate, you know, but you're right there, you're surrounded by, you know, so many, different electromagnetic devices and the grid usually and, you know, cell phone towers and, you know, the, the possibilities are almost endless and where and how these devices can be embedded and no official bodies investigating them or so, you know, they're getting away with it right now. Um, but, you know, I, I gave this, this tour really kind of gave me insight on what needs to be done and what law enforcement should and can do to end this program basically overnight because once you expose it in one place, you know, it, it has to be exposed everywhere else because a president set. So, and you know how you do that? A spectrum analyzer. That's all that has to be done. All these hundreds of thousands of, of you know, torture victims with electromagnetic weapons that have been around for decades. You know, I've got, you know, peer-reviewed studies talking about, you know, uh, just, the deep state's um, investigation into uh, electromagnetic radiation and how it can affect humans going back to the 60s. And I've got, you know, more uh, kind of evidence that, it could, you know, these devices might even been used, you know, far earlier, like when, you know, radio was being invented and they were tuning it to different frequencies and they realized that certain frequencies caused pain or interfered with their biological systems. So, um, you know, this is well-established science. There's hundreds of peer-reviewed articles from the military and civilian scientists going back decades. And, uh, you know, the one way to get an empirical measurement is a spectrum analyzer. And it's been this country's number one goal for the past 16 years to, you know, 
make the fighting of terrorism our number one priority, and we've spent trillions upon trillions uh, doing that. The Department of Defense alone gets, what, $550 billion every year? And, you know, all the uh, spy agencies and uh, federal law enforcement agencies, they get, you know, tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions more. So um, a, a spectrum analyzer that costs a few thousand bucks and an engineer that knows how to work it, you know, and we're trying to figure that out. I'm trying to teach myself how to work them. But, you know, it's like teaching yourself to fly a plane. You know, you can do it, but you've got to, you know, read and you've got to study and you've got to learn how all the controls work and how to interpret them. So it um, it's... Um, it's something that law enforcement, it's well within their budgets, you know, the, all the millions of members and all the trillions of dollars they've gotten over the past decade and the hundreds of billions they get they get every year. That's all they have to do. They just have to say, hey, you know, uh, the medical bodies say these uh, weapons cause these problems. All these scientific studies say these weapons cause these problems. And, um, you know, that's, just run a spectrum analyzer. That's all you've got to do, you know. Look at a site like biggerthansnowden.com. All these people that are being tortured are NSA veterans. They're military veterans. They're doctors. They're lawyers. They're good people who have helped their community and, um, you know, helped their country, served their country for decades. Um, that's the least they, des they deserve, you know. But uh, it's just this kind of, atrocity that's happening in America and it'd be so simple to end and um, there's no you know just a rational reason to it other than the fact that you know there's not enough widespread knowledge of this technology because it really came about in the past generation and you know less than one percent of the population has a you know a career in physics and electromagnetism or radio frequency engineering so there's just not enough democratic, um, you know, pressure to get these agencies to act. I think, you know, the majority of members in our government are admirable, but, you know, they, they take their orders from guidelines handed down from the top. And that's where, you know, a lot of criminal elements have entrenched themselves, it appears. And, um, you know, that's, that's, they, they, you know, it's not in the manual that they can do this. And, you know, so we, I mean, there have been exceptions like FBI agent uh, who is the chief of the Southern California FBI, uh, Ted Gunderson, who has commendations from um, president, uh, a couple of presidents, Ford, Reagan, I think. Um, he was an incredible guy, and he took up the cause of PIs before he passed away in his 80s back in 2011. And, uh, yeah, I mean... So there's a few exceptions, but they, you know, and there's a lot of credible whistleblowers out there, but, you know, they just get ignored by the uh, corporate billionaire media, and uh, that's that. You know, that's what defines people consensus reality. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it used, it's just the uh, fact of human nature. Um, you know, uh, Lister, back in the late 1800s, when he was telling doctors that, there's this un invisible path or pathogen, basically, uh, called bacteria that's making people sick when you don't sterilize your surgical tools. You know, it, it took 20 years for that to sink in with the medical community. Um, and he was ridiculed because doctors, they would keep the same bloody frock and the same bloody tools and use them on, 
you know, countless people because they saw it as a badge of honor. You know, the more caked on blood they had on their surgical gear, they were, they wouldn't dream of sterilizing or washing it. And, you know, it's just, you could give more recent examples, the civil rights movement, you know, how many citizens were deprived of their basic rights for decades um, until they, you know, gained exposure on color television when it came about. Um, there's, uh, you know, big tobacco. Doctors said t- cigarettes were good for you back in the 40s. You know, it took, you know, a lot of time and a lot of litigation to, uh, you know, make the public realize, you know, cigarettes can give you cancer. You shouldn't use them. Uh, you've been lied to. Um, to asbestos, you know, 500,000 people died from asbestos before it finally got restricted because there are just so many just powerful people that made a lot of money off of it. And it just took, you had Paul Bordeaux on your program a few months ago, and he was one of the, the journalists that, you know, got ridiculed and threatened and bribed and all sorts of stuff just to stop writing about asbestos. But, you know, he finally succeeded after years or decades and got it banned. And so we, we can't really get discouraged. That's what they want us to do. They want us to think that never, things will never change. They want us scared. They want us isolated. They want us to forget the First Amendment. That's the most important thing. You can't get locked up for talking about this stuff. You can get locked up for saying you're going to hurt yourself or someone else, which I hope no one here would ever do or ever think about doing because peaceful legal activism is how we're going to end this. Um, but, you know, if they locked up people for having an opinion they didn't share or a facts that they weren't aware of, you know, they would have to lock up every single religious minority in this country because, you know, all the religions, uh, you know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, you know, those, you know, they don't have empirical proof for any of that. You know, I'm a Christian myself, so I'm not knocking religion. I'm saying, you know, that's why we have a First Amendment, because you can have beliefs and you can speak about those beliefs. Uh, And, uh, you know, the TI issue is no different. You know, there's a lot of disinformation out there saying don't talk about this stuff. But no, you know, I mean, you got to you got to be saying you're going to hurt yourself or someone else. So, I mean, we we can't be scared. You just got to remember that, you know, these kinds of atrocities pop up. In history, I gave the examples of bacteria, the civil rights, asbestos, tobacco, and Bernie Madoff a few years ago. You know, everyone in New York would have said he was the best money manager around, you know. and But there are whistleblowers contacting the SEC for years saying this guy's running a Ponzi scheme. And finally, they investigated and shut him down. But, you know, they just shows how, you know, extraordinary popular delusions and the madness of crowds can sometimes define consensus reality for people. So um, this tour guide, she was a nice young lady, uh, very smart. um, But in the uh, introductory speech before we got on the van to take the tour of the grounds, guess what she pulled out? She pulled out a a Faraday cage um, and uh, a spectrum analyzer. And she wanted to, the purpose of it was to demonstrate the electromagnetism that can be given off by cell phones, by your key fobs and your, um, uh, that, you know, operate your car, by, um, you know, just digital electronics in general when they're powered on. You can't take digital cameras down and do the uh, zone one area. You can't take um, uh, gasoline-powered vehicles. Um, 
because they all, you know, emit electromagnetism. And um, they, um, she pulled out this Faraday cage of a spectrum analyzer to just show us the frequencies and power levels of these devices. Now, you're obviously going to need a bigger version of that to test the environment of a TI, but it's the same concept, and you could probably even use the same spectrum analyzer she was using. It looked like a pretty uh, high-tech one. You know, there's a lot of, you know, very advanced engineer stationed at the facility that, you know, probably trained her in it and helped her set it up. But, you know, she's a tour guide. She was doing it as a summer job. I believe she was still an undergraduate. Um, so, you know, if this if this little tour guide can run a spectrum analyzer dozens of times a day, why can't, you know, our law enforcement agencies just do that once? Prove us wrong. Come and, you know, properly do it. You know, look at the scientific studies that show what frequencies, what modulations, what power levels can cause these symptoms in humans. It's been well established for half a century at least. And run a spectrum analyzer and see if that's happening. That's all you have to do. But that word just doesn't exist in the popular lexicon. And we need to change that because it's a simple solution. And once they prove it with one person, which they've never done, and it's so simple, the tour guy can do it six times a day, then this, this tyranny, this silent holocaust is over. And, um, you, know, that's, you know, that's one area of activism I'm uh, pursuing is to get either the law enforcement bodies to provide a spectrum analysis or to learn how to do it myself, like Jesse Beltran basically did. Um, so anyways, um, you know, that's kind of the summary of the tour of the radio facility. I thought it was really interesting that the tour guide it was running a spectrum analyzer to kind of demonstrate electromagnetism to the public, not for the purpose of scanning uh, the room and seeing what TIs were experiencing. Just uh, she would isolate an electronic device in a copper mesh Faraday cage without even closing it completely. She just put her hand in it and held the device when the spectrum analysis probe was, you know, uh, tied into the, the little box. Um, so, I mean, it's something that's well, well within the budgets and capabilities of, you know, at least our federal and not local law enforcement agencies. And there's just no excuse. I mean, these victims, they've served our country. There's hundreds of thousands of them. It's the number one goal in this country to fight terrorism, you know, and this is domestic terrorism. We're all being terrorized. And it's very easy. Run a spectrum analysis on us. It costs a few thousand bucks. You get hundreds of billions a year. Why wouldn't you do this? These are the salt of the earth. These are good people. You know, they're all, you know, I mean, the vast, vast majority, you know, have served our country and our communities. And and um, so that that was a takeaway. And I kind of already knew about spectrum analyzers before, but it was interesting to see it in action. And, um, you know, the other takeaway was, you know, discovering the Allegheny Trail, you know, either out of, you know, you, you go to Cass. And um, it's an old historic town. You can find some lodging. And a few miles up uh, the state highway, one from Cass, you'll come to a town called Wanless or Hosterman. And you can find a little parking spot near the trailhead in both. And um, it'll take you up to the Allegheny Trail and just get away. Once you get a few miles up there, get away from the power grid. And, you know, there's no other electronics up there. It's a restricted flight path. Um, and you know, it's in the, it's, you're basically on the border of zone two and you might even 
uh, be in zone one at that point. So it's the most restrictive area of the quiet zone and your targeting will disappear. Um, and you know, the only, I mean, you got to camp if you want to stay up there, but you could probably get lodging a few miles away. Um, and, um, you know, hike up there. So, um, you know, I, uh, that, that was a great find. And I, I hope, you know, anyone that's struggling, uh, you know, that can afford to travel a little bit. I mean, it's not too expensive. You got gas to get there and, uh, and some camping and you might, uh, want to get a hotel room, uh, Marlinton and Cass are good cities, uh, you know, every now and then just to kind of take a warm shower. But, um, you know, uh, if, you know, you're being battered by these criminal elements in the deep state, um, you know, I'd highly recommend a trip to the area. You know, just the hiking and the exercise alone is good for you. Uh, it's, you know, kind of an intermediate trail. It's not too steep. Um, it it kind of winds its way up, you know, the Allegheny Mountain or the Appalachian Mountain. It's, um, you know, they are big mountains like the Rockies. Um, the thing, the elevation only gets up to about 4,000 feet around the uh, telescopes and you're starting out at like 3,000 feet. So, um, it's not too bad. And, um, so that was nice. That was really nice when I got relief from the targeting, um, after, you know, trying out a couple locations, uh, you know, it diminished a little in the wilderness, which was nice. Uh, but you know, once I hiked that trail, um, next to the radio telescopes where the flight paths were restricted, it went away. Um, so, um, I plan to go back and I might even open an office in, uh, one of the nearby towns. So, um, I'll keep people updated on that. Um, you know, I'm, I've got a lot of activism plans, big and small. I'd say the biggest is the, um, the class action lawsuit. Um, I get battered when I work on it. So it's, taking a little longer to organize all the data and everything to serve it up to, um, you know, not only my personal attorney, but the attorneys I've talked to that I'm trying to get to form a joint venture on contingency. So I need to have, you know, all the data organized and, um, I got a nice, nice executive summary, a kind of a case outline, um, for them, um, that I'm wrapping up. And, uh, so I'm, you know, I, I just want to, you know, make them comfortable doing it on contingency because I know a lot of PIs don't have a lot of uh, financial means due to the uh, targeting, keeping them out of work. So, um, I, you know, I think the lawsuit's the number one goal. But, you know, while I'm doing that, I'm also, you know, looking into detection, shielding, uh, and all the way down to uh, Twitter campaigns. You know, tomorrow, uh, June 28th, we're having a coordinated Twitter outreach campaign to Ivanka Trump. Uh, with the hashtag pound targeted individuals. Um, you know, I've found that when you all send a tweet to a person on the same day with the same hashtag, there's any time during the day tomorrow, take one minute and uh, it's, uh, it's effective because it gains more prominence in Twitter's algorithms and the person you're trying to reach out to is much more likely to get the message when it's coming from hundreds of people and uh, we've, you know, got a lot of attention in past campaigns. The last one was to um, a new media journalist, uh, Alex Jones, and the first one was to Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, you know, just the more they see these terms and the more they hear about it, the less likely they are to be ignorant about it or to be able to ignore it going forward. 
So um, that's, you know, the most, uh, that's the activism campaign we have going tomorrow. So uh, I urge everyone listening to take part in that. Uh, you can find out more on the meetup site at meetup.com slash TI dash awareness. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of wraps up the summary. Uh, I'd love to take some questions. My guess, thank you, Spencer. I really appreciate it. And it was really great to hear you talk about what you experienced when you first kind of had some sense of relief. That That's really, very inspiring to hear. I'm so glad you were able to have that moment of some kind of reprieve and some, reprieve and some kind of relief. Um, so that was very good news. Um, I guess my question is, maybe you can tell me some more of the cons. Um, how do you... What concerns might you have if you were a woman out there by yourself? Would you still feel basically safe? Um, did you what, what? What? At what points did you feel vulnerable? And what did you do to counter that? Um, you know, I got some break-ins at the cabin I was staying in, and um, when I was in the wilderness, I didn't get any break-ins or anything. Um, right. But you know, like I said, they started leaving the second day I was out there, you know, someone was leaving these, you know, subjective signs, you know, uh, which is kind of their methodology. If anyone's experienced uh, organized stalking or contract stalking or Zerzetsun, you know, these are well-established repression tactics. I mean, this is just textbook Zerzetsun, um, the East German, you know, tactic that's kind of the philosophical foundation for this terror. Um, and, um, but, you know, I never have really felt overtly threatened. You know, the worst part has always been the, um, just the electromagnetic torture. Um, they've poisoned me with parasite eggs and other drugs before. Um, but the the worst part is the electromagnetic torture. So that, I, you know, and... Everyone who's experienced organized talking pods work, they know how it's kind of um, very discreet because that's how the system survives and that's how they do it on a high volume basis. So, you know, I've never, I didn't fear any more for my safety than I did any other time. And I've gone on solo hiking trips before. So, um, you know, and the, there's the people out there are really kind and really friendly. Um, so, you know, you, but you always want to take precautions when you're camping by yourself, you know. Um, I wouldn't recommend any more precautions, you know, but, you know, you, you kind of caveat emptor. Like, I'd say the same thing to you if you're asking me about camping anywhere, you know. You want people to know where you are, your family members, know how long you're going to be there, and, um, you know, when you're going to check back in, and, um, you know, um, just have you know, rain gear and have a, uh, you know, you always bring like a, a knife just so, you know, you can, I mean, that's just a common camping tool. And I, I brought some mace as well. Uh, there's bears in the area, but I checked in with a park ranger before I started camping. And she says, uh, you know, there's never been any, or from what she said, there's never been any violent attacks of bears. You know, she's heard about campers getting their food, or having their food attract them if they stay in the same place for a long time. But, you know, these aren't the big grizzlies from Alaska. So, you know, um, I mean, enter at your own risk, but I didn't feel any more unsafe there than I felt in any other city. You know, I felt a lot more unsafe coming back, you know, 
because just the electromagnetic torture started ramping back up. And um, so, um, you know, just uh, just basic precautions that you take if you're camping anywhere by yourself. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, I'm sure the it's ICP... A, it's a civilian facility, the Green Bank telescopes are. Uh, the Sugar Grove facility, which is, you know, at least 30 miles away, still in the radio quiet zone, and you know, half of it's been sold off, and the other part, uh, or, you know, a major part of it's been sold off because they discontinued the community there. But, you know, according to Wikipedia, um, and, you know, you can see on Google satellite imagery, they have, you know, another big, uh, you know, antenna base, uh, an eavesdropping base, an underground facility uh, about two miles outside of Sugar Grove. This is the NSA. And that's still operational, according to, you know, sources I've read. So, um, you know, I didn't hike in that area and, um, you know, it's, you know, we're not criminals, you know, we're actually, you know, the most patriotic people out there by, you know, risking our lives and, you know, uh, you know, powering through all this, you know, violence that's being inflicted upon us by exposing these crimes. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I admire most of law enforcement and I'm not ashamed of what I'm doing. You know, I mean, um, I encourage everyone to talk about it, but, you know, in a smart way. But, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, you know, you can say, you know, another truth. Like you're researching electromagnetic radiation or you, whatever, you're a citizen journalist, a citizen scientist. Um, so, um, you know, I, but, you know, I was never killed. Everyone in town was nice that I dealt with on an official basis. Uh, you know, they seem like good people in the area. Um, you know, there's nice little bed and breakfasts and hotels and country um, kitchens and things like that all around. And the town of Marlinton is this cool little community, maybe a thousand, two thousand people, uh, has like you know a lot of trendy, uh, well, like some trendy coffee shops, not a lot, and restaurants. Um, so that was cool. Um, and uh, so, you know, I just the precautions you take if you're camping anywhere. And the Green Bank Telescope Facility is a civilian facility. They're very nice and welcoming there. Um, and uh, you aren't doing anything weird or illegal by hiking up there. Um, you know, it's national forest land. That's why it exists for the citizens of this nature, that, of this country, to have, uh, you know, some pristine nature to enjoy. So, um just take the precautions you take if you're camping anywhere by yourself. Okay, well, thank you, Spencer. Um, I'm going to open up the floor. I know there's some questions, and um, this is very promising um, information that you've shared with us. Hold so in just a moment. I come to Central Colorado, so please be ready. Hi, Central Colorado. Hi, Ella. I really I had a question earlier, but not for this guest, so... I just want to thank him for providing all that information for right now. Okay, great. Hey, thank you, Katie. Thank you, Ella. Okay, so I'm going to go to Georgia. They might have had their hand up a bit, too. Hi, Georgia. Do you have a question for Spencer? George, I'm going to go ahead and mute you, and then if you do have a question, just start it again, and I'll come back to you. Come on.
Okay, so I see. Oh, I'm going to come to Florida. Florida, be ready, please. Here we go. Hello, Spencer. Hi. 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 Um, I'm I'm so thrilled <laughs> that you come up, you uh, join our calls and everything. I think you're a very knowledgeable guy, and and I've been a very big help with all of us. Um, I've got a question about. I mean, it's been established the V2K is satellite. But the ground-based weapons, uh, are, those, uh, are those primarily, do they have to be more local or can they still be uh, projected from, or however they do it? Um, I guess what I'm asking is I've, I've, read, I've heard a lot of people that have moved from state to state and are still hit. But are they, I'm, what I'm wondering is are the ground-based weapons, like the electronic weapons, do they have to be local, or can they just still do it by by, some, by satellite? You know, anything's possible, and the electromagnetics revolution has just really miniaturized all these devices. I've done research on lasers, and lasers can be as small as grains of salt. You know, they can be hidden what did, or embedded anywhere. And they're talking did, about, you know, our Samsung TVs having devices in them, uh, you know, it's very likely that, you know, a lot of our appliances and electronics have this stuff built into them by the manufacturer, and even our automobiles, and, you know, most likely a lot of systems on our electric grid, our Wi-Fi routers, and, you know, I'm sure maybe satellites play a role in relaying this data, you know, electromagnetic waves travel at the speed of light, so they can be in a command center, um, you know, in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., or in Southern California, or in the big, expansive bases of uh, Nevada, and they can control that stuff from there at the speed of light, you know. We put a man on the moon back in the 60s, and we were controlling electronic equipment on the moon 250,000 miles away from yeah, a, sure. a command center in Houston. Um so, you know, we were moving around, uh, you know, lunar rovers from Houston, 250,000 miles away. So, you know, this, and as you said, it's ubiquitous at this point. So this stuff has got to be going into everyday electronics and most likely our automobiles. Because, you yeah, know, you they, talk they to are. a mechanic, the, um, they, they tell you that all cars are computerized. They're a mystery to most of them. Um, and most Americans, if you ask anyone, myself included, could you build a flat screen television like the ones we all have in our homes? Or could you repair one? You know, I, I don't think, you know, 0.001% maybe could do it. And uh, so that's, it's just widespread ignorance. And it's not because Americans are stupid. We took, like I said, we took man to the moon in the 60s. We created the modern world. We created the dot-com boom. You know, Americans are great, smart people. Uh, we're just told that we're bad at math. There's science to, in my opinion, discourage us from, you know, learning about the modern world and because you know, knowledge is power. And these, you know, oligarchs and their cronies in the deep state uh, at the higher bureaucratic levels, you know, don't want, you know, this, this information to be part of the consensus reality. And, you know, the billionaires that own your mainstream media station, they get no benefit from talking about it. So they'll, they'll just cover unnewsworthy items, you know. 
that, you know, just distract from the real uh, crimes and uh, tragedies going on in this country. Um, And, you know, we've even have hard proof that, you know, all these spy agencies are, you know, putting back doors in all our software and communication companies and spying, illegally spying on Americans with them. Um, So it's no stretch of the imagination to, you know, conclude that they're doing this with hardware manufacturers as well. General Petraeus implied uh, implied as much. uh, And, um, you know, uh, there's a naval veteran uh, named Wayne Madsen who wrote a book on this. It's a big, big book talking about all the companies that served as CIA front companies and, um, or, you know, had ties to them. And uh, you do research on companies like Scientific Atlanta and uh, how they rolled into Cisco. And you, you go back and you can find some um, interesting information on Scientific Atlanta. I was reading about them in a book called uh, The Wizards of Langley, which is where the CIA headquarters are. And Scientific Atlanta was one of their largest spy equipment manufacturers. Uh, they, they were putting up all the eavesdropping and spy equipment to uh, spy on Iran in this book it was talking about. This is a well-regarded mainstream book. And then what, what's Scientific Atlanta doing 20 years later? They're building all the cable boxes that are going into our home in, um, you know, you know th- throughout the 90s. And in some markets, 100% of the cable boxes would be Scientific Atlanta. And it's, and it's been purchased by Cisco now. So, you know, it, we just have a hard time grasping, you know, all the things that can be accomplished by the deep state or military industrial complex or whatever you want to call it, just because they have such a massive army of people and their budgets are so massive and they dedicate just thousands upon thousands of people to doing this full time. You know, the DARPA had the internet back in the late sixties. When did the civilian community really get to know about it? What the nineties? When did people start adopting it on a widespread basis? The early two thousands. Um, it's, um, you know, but it's just, you could say the same about a lot of technology, the Manhattan Project, you know, all the people mm-hmm. that, that worked on that, you know, there's no mention of that in the newspaper. Uh, no people didn't know about it until the bomb dropped, literally. So these well, secrets like, well, can like, be kept and yeah, amazing well, like, things can be accomplished that are incomprehensible almost due to their manpower and budgets. Yeah, I, I, like I'm saying, uh, I was just wondering because even in the car, uh, they've attacked me in the car uh, with their, I don't even know what exact weapon it would be used, microwave or, or whatever. I know it's, I know the radio frequency is what they hit my eyes with. But as far as causing harm or causing pain uh, in my private area or my legs, I've had that in the car driving. And I'm wondering, if, I mean, obviously there it seems to be a way that they uh, they would they can connect with a more powerful engine or motor running or something. They can connect with the electrical it's components because I can be and driving. They had me in tears driving to work, and I ended up having yeah. to see the doctor. I was hurting so bad. I was in so much pain. Yeah, I mean, we've all experienced that. I get that nonstop, uh, you know, in cars, wherever, and uh, it's you know, like I mean. You know, it doesn't work exactly like it works with your cell phones, but, you know, you can be driving down the road at 80 miles per hour, getting high-speed data, 
watching videos, making calls on your cell phone, all sorts of different packets and data and analog and digital signals, you know, maintaining perfect continuity during your whole drive down the interstate at 80 miles or 70 miles an hour, whatever the speed limit is. Um, that is, um, you know, what electronic devices are capable of. You know, obviously the humans are a little different. They've got to use different frequencies and methodology, but, you know, they've been working on this stuff and rolling it out for so long, and it's been become so miniaturized, and there's no one auditing these systems, and no one really understands this technology anymore and knows how to repair it or audit it or uh, build it, that, you know, this stuff is going in to all our devices. You know, you, there are scientific studies that state, you know, what frequencies and what power levels and what modulations uh, can cause these symptoms in humans. And, so I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, the, in, even in detail, what power would they need at what, dis, at what distance from the target um, to, to, get the effect that, to get the effect that they want? Because I think we can even narrow down where the perps are if we knew, if, if we had a perimeter to look at as far as the distance and the power needed to apply the, uh, the weapon effectively. So we can narrow it down but, even but in an area of a target. You just got to understand, un, tens of thousands at least of people have been working on this full time for decades, and they've had trillions of dollars at their, um, you know, available to them, and they've it's all been you know hidden legally under the classification laws, and you know you look at the official MK Ultra documents going back to 1960. They, they admitted they started studying electromagnetic radiation on humans. Uh, Paul Sell, uh, Subproject 119. And, you know, if you read a book by, you know, say Colin Ross, uh, he's a psychiatrist. Um, he has a great book that's, you know, entirely factually based, you know, all, uh, you know, written based on source material from congressional hearings and MKUltra FOIA documents, you know, it, the kind of limited hangout surrounding that is that it's, you know, about poisoning people with LSD against their will. Uh, no, it, it, you know, it was primarily a behavioral and mind control program. They developed all these tactics w that they're using on us now remotely with electromagnetic weapons, but they did it to people, you know, that they had to, you know, have, you know, confined back then or, you know, nearby. Um, so, you know, it's, it's incredible, you know, who all took place in this. Some like 80 research research institutions and universities. Um, that's a insanely large number. Uh, General Motors even was involved in MK Ultra. They developed a biomedical division, and unfortunately, a lot of the documents uh, pertaining to uh, what General Motors did was were never released. You know, what have they got to hide? Well, obviously, something big and bad. Um, if, you know, they aren't uh, declassifying these documents 50 years later, and, you know, they say, you know, 99% of them were destroyed, uh, but they found a few. Uh, anyways, um, you know, why would General Motors need a biomedical division that's partaking in MKUltra? It's, it's because, you know, if you study the microelectronics revolution, these devices are going into, these electromagnetic weapons are so miniaturized that they can be put in anything. And so, you know, in answer to your question, there's a ton of scientific studies out there, 
uh, you know, just showing what frequencies and what power levels can cause this pain in humans. And it's complex. It's really complex. But you know what? If you look at the circuit board and your flat screen television, that's pretty complex too. So uh, these things can be accomplished when you have tens of thousands of people working behind a legal veil of secrecy with pretty much unlimited budgets over the course of 50 years. That's how this has become so ubiquitous. That's why, you know, the people they target, you know, rarely, you know, escape it, you know, and until, you know, they're finished with them for whatever evil purpose they have, you know. So, you know, I mean, General Motors was in uh, MK Ultra. They had a biomedical program. Why does a car manufacturer have a bi biomedical program? Uh, you know, I think we all know why. So um, it's, you know, it's everywhere at this point because the microelectronics revolution has enabled these devices to be deployed everywhere. And it's simple to detect. You need a spectrum analyzer. That's what you need. And it's, you know, it's well within the wheelhouse of, you know, all our military and intelligence and law enforcement agencies. Um, and they have the budget to do it. And fighting terrorism is the number one goal in this um, country and hundreds of thousands of people are being terrorized. Uh, so this should be priority number one, but you know, it's repressed and the victims are attacked and discredited violently. And, uh, you know, and it's so simple to solve. All they need to do is, you know, burst out a spectrum analyzer. And then once one jurisdiction finds out these crimes are going on, it'll set a precedent for the entire world. And there will no longer be plausible deniability. There will be no longer the old Soviet tactic of psychiatric reprisal to discredit your victims. Uh, that will all disappear overnight once they just get this empirical evidence that's just sitting there waiting for us. Uh, that They just need the properly run spectrum analyzer uh, with a qualified engineer just so everything's copacetic. And um, so, I mean... There's there's plenty of different uh, routes they have to attack us. Okay. Well, thank you, Spencer. Um, so we have quite a few uh, people in line with questions here. So try to have short questions. And let me go ahead and go to California. Hi, California. I'm coming to you. California. Okay. Hold on one second. Hi. Hi, Linda. Hi, Ella. Ella, they, they, they are, they did something to wipe my brain up. They did something to wake, like, my brain up. And this is, like, the third time that they, that they did it, and then they put horrible, horrible things in my brain. I, I don't even know how to explain it. I am so afraid. I am so afraid. These people are doing these experimental things about how to wipe a person out and make them into a different person, a completely different person, by wiping out their memory and their behavior and everything. And I'm, I'm they just did it to me. They just did it to me again. This is the last time. I never got my memory back. I never got my memory back. I mean, my long-term memory back. It never came back after the last time. And I'm, I am so afraid 
and they're putting all this heinous and really sick energy into me. I mean, like sick, rapist, perversion energy into me and pictures into my head. I, I, if I could have, I've been trying to suicide out and I can't suicide out. They won't let me suicide to get away from it. It's so bad. My sister's trying to suicide too because they're doing the same thing to her. If I had known, believe me, if I had known that, that they would do things like this to me, I would have suicided out a long time ago. I would never have wanted to live this way. I would never have wanted people to do this to me. There are really, really sick gang stalkers out there, really, really sick, perverted. And they're, they're trying to pervert everything about God and pervert everything about sex and pervert all these things in me and make me scream and yell. It's so bad. I, I know nobody knows what to do to help me. I mainly want people to know there's really, really bad things that they can do with us. And whatever this thing is that wipes your brain out, it's horrible. It's the most horrible thing to go through when they do it. It's like your whole brain just goes on fire and fire in your eyes. Something horrible goes in your eyes. Something horrible gets put through your eyes like a, like a demon energy or something. It's horrible. I don't. I don't feel okay at all. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm fighting. Whatever it is well, that they're doing. Can we? Can we? Let's just stay on the call. Let me put you on hold just for a little bit, okay? And then okay. we'll take more questions, and then we'll open up the call, and there'll be a late night call, and you can talk there. I'm really, really, really sorry. So many of us are worried about you, and so many of us feel for you. I wish there was something we could do, but would that be okay? I yeah, no, no, it's okay. It just happened. I'm so scared. I'm just so scared. My sister is so scared, too. We're so scared at what they're doing. I'm sorry. Well, hang in there, Linda, okay? And don't hang up, okay? Okay, thank you, Ella. Yeah, sorry you're going through that. A lot of people are being tortured like that. Um, It's yeah. tough, I know. Just uh, do what you can. Um. Get in bed, get under your covers, and, uh, you know, just remind yourself of um, your values and what's going on. It's basically kind of like a Soviet-style purge, just a gulag system, and they're, you know, doing all sorts of things to people. Uh, a common tactic is creating a dissociative identity disorder uh, by, you know, trauma-based torture can do that. And then you tie it in with Pavlovian conditioning, and this was all studied during MKUltra for decades. And uh, now it's being applied remotely. And uh, it's because they have no oversight. It's sick that they do it to citizens of their own country, but secret societies and, you know, and these spy agencies have a history and well-developed tactics to do this stuff. So, um you know, just try to tune it out. Um, try to, you know, just realize that, you know, these are these are criminals doing this to you. Uh, and they're doing it to a lot of people. Just try to deprogram yourself that they're trying to, um, you know, condition you with any of the images or the torture. And um, just, uh, you know, put on some music, uh, some classical music without any words. And uh, just... Uh, you know, we're we're doing our best to expose this, uh, but it's, you know, uh, it's a big hurdle to overcome for a lot of activists, and you can study a lot of advocacy campaigns that ended up being successful in the past, and uh, this is what they go through, so sorry, and uh, I hope you uh, feel better. And don't forget to breathe deeply. 
Okay, so I'm going to go to California. I'm coming to you next, another California. Hi, California. Hi, Hi this is Kathleen Watterson. Hi, Ella. Hi, Spencer. Hi. Um, Hi. Hi. You know that re- when you when you when you describe the relief and the pressure leaving you, uh, I felt that when it must have been switching something out, and you know, I thought, oh, this is what it's like. And it is coming, and that poor woman, oh, my God. But I have a question for you, and that is, um, you described one time that you had a, you could hear a, um, a, like a truck outside your window over fans and everything else. And do you think that was a generator? When I heard what? You told, You said one time on a call that oh, you could hear like a truck idling outside your window, over fans, over everything. And do you think that was a generator? That's, um, I, think, I think they need a generator to do a lot of this stuff in, in, in the people that are less uh, sophisticated. You know, I'd have to get a little more context, but as far as the technology goes, I mean, it's all classified, but we, the science is there. That's the important part. The science is there. The acknowledgments by official medical bodies are there that electromagnetic weapons cause these problems in humans. So there's right, no right. excuse no, no. why yeah. not to detect it. That's what matters. That's the important right. it does part. Matter, but and I they just have wondered... the technical capabilities to detect it with a spectrum analyzer. So that's what that's what matters. Yeah, no question. And but um, I I just wanted because I remember I remember you talking about that sound and um, you know I have proven the microwaves in court, um, but I didn't get him for the the uh, restraining order because um, I couldn't prove uh, that he had a generator. And so that, that's why I'm asking. And my guy, he is a ham operator. And for people who want to know about their um, they can get a download a spectrum analyzer. It's digital, and obviously, you know, to to get the whole country involved, it'll have to be a really expensive one. But they can download one for a dollar, and and you can download an acoustic one. And that's just go to Google Play Store, and then go to Amazon.com. You can get like an acoustic one for six ninety nine, and the, you can tell where your perps are coming from. And and you know how you were talking about Samsung? Well, my doctor. Um, heard about her, somebody told her that her phone, um, that all the Samsung phones had a um, chip in them. She took the back of hers out and voila, there it was. So you are absolutely correct in that. Um, and, and as far as the auto, um, auto uh, cars, 60 Minutes had a whole segment on how um, the new cars have 25 to 50 computers in them and that they can remotely control them. They had a whole segment on that. So that, too, is already proven and out there. So yeah, I shouldn't, not- I shouldn't pick on Samsung. I think this stuff is, we can safely conclude it's going into a lot of our TVs. You know, it, and that, you know there's been credible reports of it going into our cable box when Scientific Atlanta, the big spy contractor for the CIA, going back to the 70s, rolled out cable boxes into all our homes. I mean, yeah, and the nest, just beyond and the, the comprehension of most targeted individuals because, you know, most of us and most Americans and most people of the world don't have a background in electromagnetism and radio frequency engineering and microelectronics. 
But if you study, you know, the declassified programs and the science going back to the 60s even, they were doing incredible things. Like, draw the analogy between a drone flying over Afghanistan, you know. What happens, you know, the drone picks up, you know, the multispectral data it's scanning on the ground or the radar data, the TSAR data, the hyperspectral imaging, whatever it's running to, you know, gain, you know, just a full picture of the entire landscape uh, that can, you know, get the spectral fingerprint and pick up light bands of, in, you know, far outside the visible range to, you know, determine what's below and what's below the ground and it relays yeah. it back to a satellite and the satellite relays it to another satellite and that satellite relays it down to a, con a control center in, um, you know, Tampa, Florida, uh, CENTCOM. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, we're basically kind of organic drones. So, you know, it's, you know, one can only conclude that these uh, devices, you know, just based on an over, a lot of evidence that you got to piece together, you know, depend on a lot of redundancy and that they depend on a lot of relays to, you know, get yeah. back to the command center, which is likely not even anywhere near your center, near your home. Like, you've got to just remember there are 5 million people with security clearances in this country. You know, the wow. vast majority are good, admirable people. But, you know, what's been proven over and over is that criminal cliques can form. You know, this has been proven in Iran-Contra. This has been proven in MKUltra when Nazi concentration camp torture was carried out against countless innocent Americans. You know, how the organizations that did this are still around, I don't know. You know, I think, exactly. you know, there, so the, the possibilities are endless, um, you know, just because, you know, criminal elements within these organizations. You know, why we need an intelligence community. We need a military, but, you know, they... They need to be reformed and, uh, you know, reformed in a lot of ways. Um, and they All need you have much to do is look at the patents. All you have to do is look at the patents, and you can see how far they've come. Yeah, um, I mean, know, there's, the there's overwhelming evidence, and if you want, like, absolutely just the cherry on the cake, you know, get a spectrum analyzer out here, you know, uh, but it's just, it's just what the same thing the civil rights marchers were going up against are the same people who are telling, so right. uh, you know, the community that asbestos causes mesothelioma. You know, for years mm -hmm. or decades they were ignored. You know, what they said to people who were dying from asbestos exposure, they said you get mesothelioma from digging in your garden. So that's oh, basically no. like saying you get it from going outside or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just what they do to TIs now. But, you know, there's a way to prove this, and, you know, there's lots of ways to prove this. We have evidence in many, many categories, the patent, the scientific studies, the, you know, FOIA documents, the whistleblower claims, um, just countless amounts. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an easy way to prove us wrong. Get a spectrum analyzer, have it tuned properly, have a proper person, um, right. You know, running it and spend some time doing it. We've got millions of people in this country in the military industrial complex or deep state, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's, they get hundreds of billions a year. You know, it's well within their budgets and it's well within their knowledge base. They, out of that pool of people, I'm sure they can find thousands of people who can do this. And, uh, you know, society needs to know that, you know, the number of victims of this Soviet-style purge are increasing exponentially. And, yeah. you know, that you being quiet isn't going to save your skin because if these people that will kill innocent people, you know, they aren't going to reward your loyalty with anything. You know, they have, exactly. they have no souls. 
So, you know, we're doing a favor to mankind, and hopefully we'll save ourselves by getting this tyranny exposed and shut down. Exactly. Well, listen, I, I'm, I'm, and, and please keep, you know, making inroads on the class action because that, that's really, really important. And thank you so yeah, much. I and agree. thank you. Yeah, and thank you, Ella, for having him on. So I'll stop talking. Take care. Thanks. I'll go ahead and put you back on hold. I'm going to come back up to another California. Hi, California. No, this is me, Ella. Oh, okay, let me go ahead and put you back on hold. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go to Central Minnesota. My number, the number is obviously not correct on here. Central Minnesota. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um. Okay. Um. Um. He mentioned something about. Um, that they had poisoned him before, and I was wondering how he came to know that and and what it was exactly that they used. Um, <clears throat> oh. I've gotten take-home drug tests, especially in the earlier stages of gang stalking. Um, yeah. When, uh, you know, they're just trying to scare you into isolation by really putting on the pressure with gang stalking before they crank up the electromagnetic torture and the conditioning and entrainment and all that crap. Yeah. Um, where I, where I uh, urine stick and, you know, I got like follow, this was hardcore gang stalking back then. And I, it tested, showed positive for drugs I've never done in my life. So that's, that's one example. Another example is, you know, they're constantly threatening me with this thing called salting. And that's where they poison your food with parasite eggs. And I've researched this. Oh. Organized crime has used this. It comes from Asian organized crime. It's a tactic they've used to terrorize and subjugate people going back 500 years, I believe. And so I, I researched parasite eggs, and they, they can survive in the open air for months like, and stay active. And so they hide them in salt shakers. That's kind of the implication and the threat. And, you know, there's some, you know, felon working at the um, restaurant or some person that they've corrupted and tortured with an electromagnetic weapon that gets a cue to salt, quote, unquote, the person's food um, when uh, they get the proper cue. And I've seen, I've experienced the symptoms of it, and I've, you know, seen the parasites in my stool, both live and dead. And oh, doctors wow. have agreed with that, and they prescribed me parasite medicine. And at the time, I didn't have insurance. Um, and you know how much the parasite medicine cost? 20000 a month. Uh, I have insurance now. And I found natural cleanses, you know, just with natural organic products that aren't anything hardcore like uh, coconut oil and garlic and cayenne, things like that. Oregano oil is a good one. Uh, so, you know, those are two things I can say conclusively. Um, you know, I've read a lot of articles on smart dust and magnetic particles in the air. So, yeah. um, I mean, there's tons of ways. And they, you know, I've studied, you know, I've the MK Ultra documents, and, you know, they, they've studied ways to deliver chemicals with um, aerosols 
um, with um, you know DMSO. DMSO is basically the ingredient in say like a nicotine patch that allows the nicotine to go through your skin. So oh. instead of well, instead of mixing nicotine with DM, DMSO, they can mix in whatever drug they want that helps them with their scanning of your brain and you know uh, tracking and making you more um, uh, visible. Uh, So I mean, those. I I mean, mean, I can you know I I, conclusive evidence on the parasites and the druggings, but um, you know there's you know since the 60s they've you know developed designer drugs and you know delivery systems such as aerosol sprays, droplets, and um, DMSO, which is you know you can Google that. That's mainstream or some kind of chemical equivalent to that that makes the drug transdermal and they can apply that to a lot of things uh, and, yeah. and then you know they, they can capture your brain waves in that state and uh, you know kind of recreate the feeling but you know it's it's not always an overlay as that's referred to you know their poisonings definitely have happened and I've seen it and gained proof of that. Yeah. Um, I think it's the overlay thing. I mean, like on a daily basis I I feel like there is so much stuff coming out of my vents, my air, you know, my duct work. Um, I don't know how they're getting in my ventilation system, but it's like there's like this, you know, haze in the air and this powder everywhere, and and it's, I feel like it's in my water, in my air, in my food, everything. And I don't know how to, you know, stop it. <laughs> I don't know if they're in my attic or what, but yeah, I mean it. It all it all kind of hinges on their ability to track us. And any any person, even people who aren't aware of it, or I mean, you, you, like I mentioned, this biog- uh, autobiography by Ben Rich, uh, the Lockheed Skunk Works uh, head uh, head, you know, chief head honcho. Um, he talks about you know just r- radar's tracking capabilities. Um, you know, back, you know, decades ago, they could track a baseball from thousands of miles away. They could track an ant. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how far and how advanced uh, the technology is. I think the military technology is 50 years ahead of, uh, 50 years ahead of the civilian technology. Yeah. I mean, I just hate the thought of breathing this in all the time. And um, I have two small dogs that are breathing it in, too, and... I mean, there's got to be a way to to shut them out of my ventilation system. Um, you know, it's it's very possible, but you know, it's I mean, there's so many different ways that they've studied and they admit to studying for decades. Um, you know, we're finding high levels of aluminum and barium in our um, uh, these days, and they've admitted to spraying communities. There's a mainstream. Uh, our, uh, news report that you can find on YouTube about the uh, uh, branch of the military uh, admitting oh, to spraying communities with chemicals. Yeah, I mean, it's in, really anything bad. is possible, really bad you know. Anything's possible. And barium, you know, which we're finding in our soil. You know what barium is? If you ever go to get a CAT scan, they have you drink barium because it makes your organs more contrastable. If you, uh, oh. It makes it you. It makes it. It makes radiology and imaging, uh, you know, more effective. So um, you yeah. know, and they've they've admitted to doing this stuff before. So I mean, I can't say definitively, um, but I can say definitively, you know, that 
have a history of doing this stuff, and it's likely being done to you. Uh, and a lot of people being sprayed or drugged a lot of times. Uh, and, you know, then, then they'll torment you with that and make you think it's happening with an overlay even after you're – because it's happened once and you gained evidence of it. And, um, you know, it's a test for, you know, any chemicals or any designer drugs. They're, they're getting into your system through aerosols, drops, or DMSO. Um, you've got to, I mean, have a laboratory at your disposal. I mean, it's yeah, not like I the know. movies where a team of FBI agents are going to burst in and uh, <laughs> test for this stuff. So, you know, Our I'm not going to, you know, sound, I'm not going to really speculate and say something definitively, but you just have to study right. what they've done historically. And, uh, you know, so a lot of things are possible um, like because of the, the numbers of people being victimized I mean, my water smells like bleaches in it a lot of times, I think, but lots of fun. Yeah, I mean... Oh, oh I have one other um, question. You were talking about how, um, like, if they hack a vehicle, that the parts that you should be looking for would be just the size of a, like, small as a grain of salt. <laughs> I mean, is that really, like, would that be the magnetron then? I mean, and or what, what do you look for? <laughs> I, I mean, I've just researched, I read a book on lasers. It was from a, a decade or two ago, and the lasers um, they were developing were the sizes of grains of salt. I've done research, and you see universities, uh, they're developing phased array laser chips that are the size of raisins. And, yeah. Um, yeah, well, phased array sure and laser tip is what allows the directed energy to be highly focused. And when the phased array chips in the civilian sector, this article was from 2007. I forget the research institute, but you know, when the phased array chips that allow, you know, you, you, when you when you shine a flashlight at the wall, you see the beam, and when yep. you step back from the wall, the beam gets bigger. The the flashlight dot on the wall gets bigger. That's called blooming, and that's blooming of electromagnetic radiation in the visible light spectrum. Blooming yeah. is a problem in the uh, you know spectrums we can't see, and they overcome that with a phased array laser. And um, so you know it's just it just leads you to nothing but the conclusion that um, you know this stuff is very very small. So the possibilities are endless, and you know it's because they can do this to people, you know, continuously, even when they're driving down the road in different, yeah, you know, states. Um, it, it, and you just look at the MK Ultra documents and you see that GM was working with, you know, the CIA and this massive program starting at least, you know, a couple decades ago with a biomedical division. Why did General Motors, a car maker, have a biomedical division? Well, I'm telling you that in in Minnesota right now, I'm I'm serious. There's it seems like there's a majority of people on the road that have vehicles equipped with this stuff, and they they set it off with like a, a blinker or their hazard lights or whatever, um, because I have like a detector. And I mean, I can, they they could set off a, a lunar rover on the moon, two hundred fifty thousand miles away. In the 1960s, that's just a, a fact. Okay, so here we are, 50 years later, you know, and they aren't on the moon. 
you know, I can pretty much say that for yeah. sure. Unless I don't know why they would build a base on the moon to carry out this TI program. They're likely in the D.C. suburbs or Southern California or the Nevada desert, from what I can tell, because that's where most of this infrastructure is, most of the deep state infrastructure. And so they, it's, it's, it travels at the speed of light. So the vehicle operator yeah. doesn't need to do anything. That stuff can be controlled and relayed at the speed of light, which is faster than any human can notice when you're dealing with just an expanse of a few hundred or a few thousand miles. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, these people want, you know, race to get right in front of me and then put the brake lights on and their blinkers on. And and it's just every other vehicle. I mean, I just can't get over how many people are involved in this, you know. I mean, when they were developing these technologies, at first they needed more interaction with the people. They needed to kidnap them or abduct them or bring them into you know, their laboratories, you know, in the 70s and 80s. And they came up with the alien cover story back then to make uh, the victims sound discredited. Now they just do misdirection, you know. So they make one, you know, they, they trigger one TI to go outside whenever their neighbor's been triggered to go outside with an artificial image or an artificial urge. And, um, you know, there's so many different ways that they can make it appear like it's um, – you know, the guy in, you know, the BMW chasing you around or the guy in the, um, well, the Ford truck sure. chasing you around uh, or, or, or your neighbor who's just doesn't really know what's going on. You know, maybe it's possible that some of your neighbors are know, uh, knowingly, you know, aware yeah. that this, this stuff has been built into their television sets or cars. But, you know, it's not necessary and I, it right. would be a risk for them to, you know, have so many people in the field deploying this stuff, um, you know, knowingly. Well, uh, so, I mean, anything's well, I possible. That, and, you know, that's not really uh, the main argument that we have to overcome. We just have to overcome right. the glaring, you know, just refusal of, you know, the, our authorities to just do something sensible, like set up a spectrum analyzer. And, you that's know, we've got evidence all, in so many categories, you know, it's, it's not necessary to explain all the technology. You hand me the keys to the, um, you know, various spy agencies, and I'll go tell you exactly what their technologies are. But, you know, there's plenty of scientific studies, and there's plenty of civilian research yep. to show that these weapons cause these problems and that they've been miniaturized, and the agencies have a yep. history of doing this for decades. There's plenty of FOIA releases, plenty of admissions, plenty of congressional hearings where all this type of stuff's been admitted to going back decades, and there's plenty of whistleblowers and scientific studies going up to the present day, you know, from the military, law, uh, legal community, wherever, uh, mili uh, spy community, all saying this is happening. It's just, you know, the media just won't cover it, and it's because, you know, the billionaires that own it, they just don't care about us. And I think, I think most every the general public is being brainwashed by these self-tellers into just ignoring us or, like, changing the subject whenever it's brought up or, you know, it's, it's like they're mind-controlled. Just, like, people that care about me and love me just can't seem to even, you know, talk about it for a minute. They're all programmed. It's so scary. I mean, billions of cell phones are out there, and they're all tracked, and they all get high-speed data, whether analog or digital, whether it's a, you're watching a YouTube video driving down the road, or while hopefully you're not driving, but, 
You know, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's called a complex system. If you told someone about an iPhone and all its capabilities a hundred years ago, they'd call you crazy. And yeah. you know, humans aren't cell phones, but we are electromagnetic beings, and it's conclusively proven that electromagnetic weapons can affect all of our biological systems. And you know what? They've studied it. They've admitted to studying it. Uh, countless credible victims are saying they're being tortured with it. Whistleblowers from the agencies say um, are saying that they've deployed it. And uh, so it's there. You know, our case is made. We just need to get organized enough. And you know what? We could add, you know, we can only build upon what we have now. We have to find someone who will listen and act, you know. <laughs> That's the hard part. Well, you study advocacy campaigns in the past, the people who got asbestos banned, the the people who blew the whistle on Bernie Madoff, the people who got tobacco banned, the people who said, you know, there's invisible bacteria on your medical tools, you need to start sterilizing them. The civil rights marchers, you know, it was all, you know, a gross injustice. It was all an atrocity. So you can't despair. You can't let your emotions take hold of you. You've got to maintain rational, steadfast, peaceful, legal activism. And, you know, history shows that you succeed. But it is hard because we're basically in an invisible gulag. We're being tortured while we're carrying out this activism. So, but you just got to, you know, take a historical perspective and realize that people have, you know, overcome these atrocities in the past through peaceful, legal activism. We'll I, just wish we could all, I wish there was like a headquarters for us where we could just like a safe place to go and where we could all kind of get together. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I just feel so like going alone, you know, but. Well, I mean, there's long-established tactics in various spy agencies of disrupting whole governments and countries because the newly elected leader isn't, you know, uh, you know, aligned with the ideals of criminal elements within the military-industrial complex or various oligarchs in our country. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, when they apply those tactics to a TI organization like FSPHS. You know, they have, they have experience doing this to governments of entire countries. And, you know, that's that's fine. You know, they, they say they're not democratic or they're doing these terrible things. You know what? Uh, I, I won't go into that. You know, I, I yeah. don't think the, the majority of members of our government are good, you know, but there are corrupt people at the top and, you know, scattered throughout that are a minority and there are circles within circles. And this has been proven time and time again, MKUltra. That was, you know, a black program. And this is the same thing. This is basically an illegal continuation of it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a crime against humanity. It's a purge. You know, it's these experiments merged in the crimes a long time ago. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and um, I appreciate everything that you've been contributing. And this is the first time I've been able to talk to another human being <laughs> who actually can relate. And, and you know, it's it's nice to be able to do this. So thank you. Uh, well, thank you for the kind words. Okay. I'm glad to be there. I'm going to go to 657. Hi, six five seven. Hi, it's Cece. How's everybody tonight? My phone is actually running out of um uh torch here. I'm running into my uh not running really, but going into my bedroom to get the other phone. 
so if it uh, disconnects me, you'll know why. Uh, I had a question in this. Um, I, I missed the beginning part of uh, Spencer's talk. I'd like to know: Is there property for sale in this no-go or this? No Darn it! Hold on. Okay, uh, got the good phone. Yeah, I heard your question. Um, there is the closest I mean, two towns to Green Bank that are remote and have easy access to the wilderness are a town called Hosterman. It's just west of Green Bank. And there's a town called Wanless. And that's an interesting name, W-A-N-L-E-S-S. -S. You know what Wanless, you know what a WAN is? We have no. lands, you know, lands, local area networks. We have, you know, WANs, wide area networks, which would be basically you know, a local area network would be like your, your wireless router. Uh, a wide area network would be the cell phone grid. And so they named this town Wanless. I, I don't, I'd like to see the history of it if it came about before or after the radio quiet zone was established. But those are two towns nearby um, that sell How property. How nearby are they? They I are mean, like at the foot of the trail. So they're about two miles from the ridge that overlooks the uh, telescopes. And, you know, I've noticed it diminishing there, but you're still around, you know, cars and electronics, uh, many devices where it's possible to hide electromagnetic weapons or embed them. You know, it's no different than them establishing a relationship with the data and software companies to embed backdoors in them. And there's, you know, a lot of whistleblowers talking about how they do the same thing with hardware companies. Well, that's how this stuff is happening. Um, so, you know, they're, they're right near, you know, they're in probably zone three or two, you know, um, very close uh, to the quiet zone and within walking distance. Um, or they're in the quiet zone, in, a, in the heart of the quiet zone, but very close to the restrictive fly zone and very close to the most restrictive part of the radio quiet zone. And then, you know, if you want um, a somewhat larger city, it's, there's Cass, which is a historical logging town, town. So I don't know if there's much property for sale there. Uh, Marlinton, though, it's actually a community. It's got some neat restaurants, and it's close to everything. You know, you can get a lot of – you can get land and houses there. There's a lot for sale, uh, especially the, the logging industry in the area has kind of declined. You know, it's – you know, the populations remain stagnant, so you can buy property around there. But Wanless and Hosterman, if you really want to get close, uh, it might be uh, something to look into. Um, I, uh, I plan to go back sometime in the near future within a – you know, a few weeks or a few months and explore more and gain a little more relief. Uh, it's a great area. Um, do you think it behooves one to go there and and move? I mean, if we're we're being tortured with this stuff, I, I, it's awful. So. I mean, there's real estate agents in the area. I I know I grabbed the card, um, but you can probably find them online. Uh, just by searching in that vicinity. Um, I'll try to get you the names of some, but, I mean, I, you can probably find it with a quick search engine uh, query. Um, so those would be the people to talk to, and uh, I don't think it's that expensive to get uh, property up there. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, you might just want to take a vacation here, there and go hiking in, along that ridge, uh, 701 Allegheny Trail. Uh, based out of uh, Hosterman or Wanless, just park there, and you know, there's areas you can park. Uh, probably Wanless might be easiest unless you have a truck, and Hosterman's a little more remote. 
You know, uh, the other day I was on um, Derek's call, and I had gone uh, to Wikipedia and looked up United, you know, the no, no radio or National Radio Quiet Zone, and it said it was established in 1958, and today the establishment day has been wiped out. Isn't that interesting? At least I don't see it here. Um, Oh wow! Says, so they rem- they removed from Wikipedia when the radio uh, the the yeah, sentence that says, contained when it was founded. Maybe oh. I'm maybe uh, I'm looking up a different Wikipedia National Radio Quiet Zone area, but uh, it says here the National Radio Quiet Zone is a large area of land in the United States designated as Radio Quiet Zone, in which radio transmissions are heavily restricted by law to facilitate scientific research and military intelligence. It is located in the states of West Virginia, Virginia, and a small part of Maryland. Um, but on Monday it said it was it was uh, established in 1958, and today it doesn't have any date. It doesn't, it doesn't show the year. And I'm just... You know, I don't know. I that that sounds awfully weird to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it once more. National Radio Quiet Zone. National Radio Quiet Zone. Look it up and see if. Well, if, Wikipedia, as you know, is um, you know a, a peer-created encyclopedia. Um, you know, there's usually a lot of people monitoring uh, each article, um, but sometimes, you know, organizations that have a lot of financial backing can hire groups of bullies to edit it to their liking. Um, so, you know, especially, you know, a lot of articles can be slanted um, and often are, but, you know, usually the community, you know, especially if it's a hard fact, like when something was established that you can prove with a primary source, uh, the community okay. would jump on that. So I yeah. don't know what the incentive would be for them uh, or for anyone to remove the date from that article. They, they removed it. It's gone. If you, there's a tab that shows revision history that anyone can see, even if you aren't a Wikipedia creator, um, that it's you know, not very prominent, that you can find revision history uh, on the page somewhere to see if uh, the article's been tampered with recently. Read, edit. But okay. I can't really, off the top of my head, I can't think of any incentive uh, anyone would have for removing that date. Um, but um, that, I don't know, it's an interesting fact, it's true. Um, I, I'm not doubting you, but uh, you, know, you got to look at the revision data and, you know, you could be somewhere well, on your computer, I don't know. Uh, but uh, it, I, I'll check it out later. Um, but I don't know what the incentive would be for removing that date uh, by anyone. Uh, nor would I. Uh, I just think it's maybe because it shows planning. Maybe it's sh- uh, because it shows premeditated uh, planning. Um, my thoughts, uh, it, you know, I read it right off the page on Derek's uh, phone call on Monday, which was yesterday, and today it is gone. The date of establishment is gone. I t- now, I just went to another page, um, and it's the BBC.com. And it says there, uh, the Quiet Zone was established in 1958. 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know why that. I'm saying is. Is a Wikipedia article. I, I checked the revision data, um, and but, you know, I, I, I can't think of any conclusions to draw from that off the top of my head because that fact's well established and you can find it in other sources. So, um, I don't know. I don't know uh, why they would have lied. What anyone would gain by removing that or hiding that. Um, and uh, I'll take a look at it, though, and it's something that should be reversed. I mean, that's just basic facts, but I can't uh, draw any conclusions or, you know, make uh, any statements based on that. I don't know. Well, uh, it's still Wikipedia, and um, I had never heard of it before um, she mentioned uh, or before I got Ella's email. And uh, then, of course, on Derek's phone call, I just... You know, because I sit in front of my computer, too. I just um, searched it, and, of course, Wikipedia comes up for most anything you search for. And uh, and I read it right off of what Wikipedia said, and now it's gone. The date is gone. But it is on this other, uh, the BBC um, article. It does identify that it was established in 1958. So, interesting, though, huh? That's very interesting. Anyway, so it is possible then to possibly, uh, if one wanted to move there, um, to buy land there, whether or not we'd escape targeting, that's a, another question. Anyway, I'm done, Ella. Thank you. Okay, thanks, guys. Well, um, I'm going to have to uh, need to get off the call here. So Ken is going to be nice enough and take over the call. So he has a different room um, number. He's on talk show as well. And Spencer, I just want to say thank you for coming in. It's always a pleasure having you coming on. And, you know, you're one of the people I've known the longest in this community. So thanks for coming on and giving some hope. And everyone, um, really check it out. Um, you know, I'm glad it worked for you, and I'm glad you, you had some reprieve there. Um, you know, always kind of check things out. Don't just pack up and move there. Of course, go out there and check it out or talk to other people who've been there. And um, But it is inspiring. It's nice to know that you had relief. So thank you. I appreciate it, Spencer. And so um, so Ken has a call, and it's going to be going on right after my call. Uh, Kyle doesn't have Internet at the moment, so but he'll get his Internet going hopefully within the week. So, But right now, Ken has a call at 142298. Again, the number is one four two two nine eight, and it's the same talk show number. So, um, sorry, guys, I'm not feeling too great. So, I'm going to go ahead and end the call. Thanks, Spencer. Again, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I hope people uh, learn a lot and uh, consider uh, taking at least a vacation to the area. It's a beautiful time of the year. If anything, go take a nice vacation out in nature. Uh, definitely. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good talking to you, Ella, and thanks again you for too. having me on. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.